So what were you doing driving up there? Just road tripping? I was road tripping. I was I went to Gualala, which is like a little it's a town next to Sea Ranch, which is a Northern California, like random, very random town. And it's so beautiful. It was like the prettiest. And I drove to Big Sur and then went from Big Sur to Elk, California. Just all these like Elk? Yeah. Like the it's animal? like Mendonoma, it's what it's called. It's Mendocino slash. These all sound like familiar California names. Yeah, but they know what But they change them a little bit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Mendocinum. 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 Mendonoma. Yeah. Alright. Well, uh, hello everyone. Welcome to episode thirty six of Sad K Pack Radio, and I'm here with Sasha Spielberg. Hey Sasha. Hi. Thanks for coming out. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's good to see you. Um yeah, good to see you. Yeah, it's been a while. Long time. Ten years. <laughs> exactly. Possibly. Possibly. I don't even Maybe know. Maybe seven. Uh, yeah, we've grown up a lot since since back in our high school days. I definitely have not grown up, but yes. <laughs> I'm definitely the same exact person. Grown down. I grew, I grew down. You grew down, yeah. Um, and you went to Marlboro. Yes. Marlboro. It's really right? hard to say, right? It is. Marlboro. I went to Marlboro. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. Cool. And, uh, I mean... I guess to start off, I mean, what was your experience like there in terms of, because you're, you're an artist now, I mean, were you artistically inclined back then? And Yes, I was, um, I was really, I was kind of like the painter of the school. I mean, of the, my grade. Or like was, you painted the school itself? Oh yeah, I painted the school <laughs> red. Um, I painted, no, I was in the art program, I mean, the painting program, and so my whole life was painting all throughout high school, and then, um, but I also really liked acting. And I also secretly really loved singing, but I was always very nervous. So I did a couple musicals in high school, but I also, but I mainly just focused on painting. Mm-hmm. And um, I applied to Brown because I was excited about taking classes at RISD. And then I got to Brown and I just really stopped painting and then um, explored music uh-huh. and acting more. Yeah. So Marlboro was like, a, it was a weird experience. It's all girls. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> people. Some people just don't know uh, yeah, that. I don't know who's had to wear now. had to wear a uniform, um, <laughs> and it was the production. the The musical theater program was incredible. Actually, we did a uh, play called Bat Boy. Oh, I know Bat Boy. You do? Yeah, they did it at Winward. I believe it was like the year before. I could. I was a, se- a seventh grader, and they did it. Are you kidding? And all my heroes of the theater department yeah. did it, and I was like. I love that musical because of that experience. Oh, my God. Well, it was gender neutral. I mean, basically, we I was a boy. I played Rick, the bad boyfriend who raps. So I was like, I was trying to get cast as, you know, the daughter, the mother, just some female. So I could wear like a cute little dress and sing a cute song. No, you're Rick. And I was like, I thought I was going to get this part as the daughter or the mother. They Honestly, I, I kept going back in. And you know, it's so competitive in high school. I kept going back and to read for the mother and then they read me as the daughter and I was like well it's one of the two and I cannot wait to star <laughs> and then the cast list went up and it was I go to my name it was like mother cast blah, blah, daughter cast and then Rick at the bottom <laughs> boyfriend who has a rap song I don't even get to sing I didn't even get to sing and I was so excited to kind of show off I was like oh I'm gonna finally have my American Idol moment where I'm on stage and just singing my heart out (laughs) and I had to rap Uh I had to do this entire rap song where I'm like ooh like hitting on the uh, hitting on the daughter and how old were you? I was was... 16 I was 7 I was 
16. So- was sophomore year? Junior year. Junior year, okay. So I was 16. And of course, I also like wanted to be a cute female lead because I wanted to invite guys that I was interested <laughs> in to the play. And of course, once I had to wear a fake mustache and a low ponytail, I was like, well, there goes my love life. And I honestly don't think I kissed a boy for two years until college. Oh, and you story. blame it on that boy? For sure. Oh. Tapped into my my masculine side. So is that a good memory? or it's, like? <laughs> I have real mixed feelings. I loved it. It was a lot of work. I met... So Emily Goldwyn, who is my partner in everything, basically, um, we yeah. have the Snapchat show together, and we write scripts together, and she and I, we've known each other forever, but then we kind of um, became best friends on the... the the set on the um, during <laughs> Bat Boy because she was Bat Boy the lead uh-huh. and she lived around the corner from me so we carpooled and we spent so much time together and so that's that came out of it I really just met my best friend ever nice so yeah story. that's that's a great thing yeah and she was also like Sasha you have to wear a mustache I have to wear a bald cap like, <laughs> none of us are ever getting laid I'm not laid but like what did they say in high school getting action getting a- like hooking up it's changed so <laughs> hooking much hooking up. K- kickbacks <laughs> well that's where the name of this comes from <laughs> oh my god <laughs> sort of yeah exactly i liked kickbacks i mean maybe you had kickbacks were the experience. best yeah there was always like someone smoking pot and everyone was like oh my god <laughs> oh no yeah um <clears throat> one of my favorite questions to ask is and this will lead us into music for you because that's obviously such an important yeah i'd say half of your life maybe um, but if you go back in time to high school or middle school, whichever is more important to you, and you look in your CD man, CD walk player, walk man, and what CD is inside of it? Radiohead, OK Computer. Wow. That was not, I was not expecting that. Oh, know. yeah. That's it. What were you expecting? Oh, and then Christina Aguilera script, stripped, stripped. No, I wasn't expecting that either. I don't know. I was like, I'll Arctic, keep going. I was maybe going to guess like Arctic Monkeys. No, or... wait, are you saying high school? We're saying like when we had... I don't, CD. I don't know. That's like 7th, 8th grade. Okay, 7th, 8th grade, Radiohead. Maybe I like, should change the question to what popped up on your iPod first. Or, okay, fine. Know, but that's so... Now I know. That's so now, and I want to I'll just then. tell you, 8th grade, 8th grade, I was... 7th grade, 8th grade, I was obsessed with classic rock and Radiohead. So mm-hmm. I was like Velvet Underground, Led Zeppelin, um, and Radiohead. And mm-hmm. then 9th grade, I started listening to The Distillers and like Liz Fair, or like old Liz Fair, and... <laughs> Um, Fiona Apple, and then I started getting into that. Yeah. And then tenth grade, I started getting into real indie music and like discovering going on blogs. Like um, my old Kentucky blog was one that I used to go on when I was fifteen. It's just this. It would post so many indie bands, and I was listening to you know I was going to like. Were you going to the whiskey? Yeah, I was going to the Fonda and Troubadour, and I was going to see all these indie independent bands and. And then junior year, yeah, I'm trying to think. I was always, you know, I always have my staples, but. Yeah. What are those? What are your staples? My staples are, I mean, I was a, you know, oh gosh. It's so funny because I answer this question a lot, but each time I say the same thing, like Fleetwood Mac. And, (laughs) um, you know, I say the same, I say the same answer, but I kind of want to think outside the box because I really have a lot, you know, I have a lot of others. Those are just the first that come to mind. Yeah. Um, the meters, um, <laughs> like, oh God, what else did I listen to? What else are my staples? Joni Mitchell, um, 
Okay. Janis Joplin. Um, I mean, I have so many. Mm-hmm. So many. Well, it's okay. You don't have to list your entire. <laughs> I'm going to list my entire library right now. <laughs> um, but I guess um, what I'm going towards is this quote that I saw you say that like we're part of this generation that's like kind of on shuffle. And it's very much super different. And in terms of, you know, your music group, Wardell, which we haven't really established yet. Yeah. You're one half of Wardell with your brother, Theo. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in terms of where you create the music, it's like you're you're playing shuffle in a song. Is that how you would think of it? Or oh, like, yeah. Like... We play shuffle. We, we play shuffle song to song, but we also play shuffle, you know, bridge to chorus. Yeah, you even say. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, our songs just completely, they will almost, I mean, Theo has ADD. I think <laughs> I have ADD, but I, I've never been diagnosed. Um, so the two of us will be writing a song and then Theo will mess up a guitar note and I'll be like, no, that's great. Let's <laughs> modulate. And we're like, let's go in that direction or let's do this or let's do this. And we do kind of have, it's this ADD generation where it's just yeah one thing gets old very fast yeah so and you you, gotta i know this is kind of like a chicken or the egg question but do you think it's because we were we were brought up pushing shuffle i, I have you know to, yeah like absolutely. and that's kind of influenced it and... yeah definitely definitely because uh, think about shuffle i um theo and i one time had to dj a teen vogue party and it's so funny because we were signed to rock nation man- as management mm-hmm. and after we played the teen vogue party all these articles came out like Jay-Z signs Theo and Sasha Spielberg as DJs. For some reason, it was like, Rock Nation has new DJs. <laughs> <laughs> we were, everyone thought we were signed as DJs. So, of course, you know, keep the comments coming. You know, all the comments were like, fuck this. Like, <laughs> these two Spielberg kids want to DJ. They just want to pick shuffle, like play shuffle, whatever. So um, that was that was like a funny four months we had to try to. Undo. undo. Um, but yeah, we were at this, we were, at, we were DJing for the first time and Theo was like one of the hardest things, Sasha, teaching me because he's DJed more than I have. <laughs> that, that was my first time. He was like, you have to let the song play. You can't press next uh-huh. at minute, one minute and 45 seconds. And that, cause that's what I do when I'm listening to a song, even my car, I'm like, okay, that was great. Bye <laughs> to the next one. And I'd go to the next one. And I have that problem where I just can't even finish just listening to a song sometimes. So Theo told me, you got to just be patient and play the whole song. Uh And so I think that kind of translates in our music in a way. Let it play kind of thing? No. Theo saying let it play and me saying let's switch. Ah, So then it's kind of... Yeah, but it weirdly works out in a way because I'll say let's switch and then we'll just keep playing. Yeah. So that's why our songs kind of... So does seniority play into that as well? Yeah, <laughs> I can, it depends if one of us has eaten. So like if, <laughs> if Theo has not had anything to eat, he's alpha and mean. And then if I'm tired, I'm mean. So it really depends on our mood. Wow, it depends on your yeah. <laughs> food intake of that day. Oh yeah, big time. Interesting. Um, you also mentioned in another interview this, this wall. Um, when you guys were growing up and you were playing... Uh, in your own worlds, like you were on GarageBand doing your Fiona Apple type stuff and he was doing his guitar stuff. Um, and then when you started writing together, you had to essentially communicate through this wall, like a physical wall because your rooms were separated, but also you kept this wall in between you where you would not meet. I think you said you wouldn't meet downstairs until you had something really good or something like that. Yeah, well, that kind of came later, but it started with Theo 
being he's downstairs and I was upstairs. We weren't sharing a wall at this um, time because he had just so a floor. Yeah, let's do a floor. Floor and a ceiling. And he, um, I was twenty, and he was twenty-two. He just graduated college, and he, so it took twenty <laughs> years. But he was like, "Hey, I have this guitar. Um, I can't figure out this this song. Can you please come down and like try to lay down a melody?" And so we started playing um, these four chords and four, yeah. And <laughs> no one's gonna fact check you on that. I know they're like it was three. <laughs> um, and he was he was like, "What do you think?" And I started humming, and we wrote the chorus to Opossum, mm-hmm. and then we wrote Opossum. We kept going. We wrote Opossum in like two hours, an hour and a half. And that was our first song, and we realized that we should start making music together. But we, um, I was on, we were on different coasts. He was in LA, and I was in Providence, still at school. So he'd send me voice notes of guitar, you know, progressions, and then I would send him back a melody over that. And then that was working out really nicely. So Mm -hmm. that kind of separation was great for us. And then we kind of just got used to that. So we'd be in the same house, but I'd be upstairs sending him voice notes while he'd be on the piano or guitar downstairs sending me voice notes. And then we meet once we kind of have it. Yeah. So that separation works. Lately, we've been writing more together. Uh So that, I just found it, I just thought that was a really interesting metaphor of like, you know, in terms of creating something with someone, having those boundaries, you know? Definitely. Well, especially when they're your sibling. Yeah. You really need those boundaries. <laughs> Definitely. It's not like someone that you just met and you're pursuing this. It's kind of like, okay, we got to go to dinner now. And that's not separate dinners. That's family dinner. Yeah. And then we, yeah, so it's a lot. But it works. We have this language that is kind of this very sibling, mm-hmm. I don't know, centric mm-hmm. kind of language. Yeah. So, um, in backing up a bit, you mentioned these comments that came out after you guys DJ that party and the whole swarm of public relations yeah. BS that you had to deal with. Um, I mean, when you were growing up, obviously you, you were kind of born into that in, yeah. in certain ways. I mean, um, you know, I had, uh, Jack Quaid on the podcast. I don't do you I know. Love, him? Yeah. I've known him since he was a little kid. Yeah. Um, so, so, and he, he talked about, it. I mean, what was it like growing up kind of around, film sets and like and and seeing stories published that are just like not true you know and well, like that that was it was the most fun growing up on film sets or just you know it was like our playground it was like the best playground slash Chuck E. Cheese party you could ever <laughs> have like instead of a moon bounce there was like a t-rex that you could just touch and like instead of um I mean god yeah like a pit like a foam pit there was you know a water pool with I don't know there was all I mean it was really fun it was really really fun um we weren't allowed to go to set uh, you know he would actually our dad would usually film in the summer so we were always on set then but when he'd shoot during the school year very strict like you gotta have your homework finished before you step onto set and of course my dad was shooting catch me if you can and I had the obviously biggest crush on Leonardo DiCaprio (laughs) and I was like, well, I'm finishing my homework every day. <laughs> That's <laughs> so an interesting was, bit of motivation for a teenage was, girl. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, I was 11. It wasn't even teenage. Almost teenage. It was like Treeview Besson. And I was like, 
So, you know, gaga for him. And my dad, I'd just be like, can I come to set today? Can I come to set today? <laughs> He'd be like, Are you, have you finished your homework? And I was like, yeah, I finished it last week. Finished everything for the year. I'm yours, please. Um, so I really, yeah, I loved him. I loved him. Um, but that was really fun. But then in terms of publicity stuff, we were very, I, I feel like our, our parents did a good job of kind of, we, we they didn't bring us to premieres and we didn't do the red carpet thing. Um, I was photographed at an event for a Disney collection that my older sister took me to, and they photographed me and I didn't know what that meant to be photographed at a party. And mm-hmm. I was fifteen or sixteen, and it was really awkward. I didn't know what to do with my arms. I was just kind of like a block, just like <laughs> staring at the camera. And Perez Hilton posted it, being like. Steven Spielberg's daughter, something, something, something. And his post wasn't mean. It was just he provided everyone with that photo, which is will haunt me forever. And the comments, I, of course, read them because, well, I didn't know what was going to come of that. And all my Mm -hmm. friends were sending me the article. And all the comments were so mean and terrible and made me want to crawl into a hole and never see the light of day again. And it was very terrible. To have that when you're 16. Yeah. It's especially when you're going through like, oh, I'm feeling awkward about my acne or I'm feeling awkward about my hair is doing something kind of weird and <laughs> I haven't kissed a boy in a while. And like, you know, it, that's the worst time for that to happen because it just truly, it's painful. Mm-hmm. No one should have to go through that. So that's kind yeah. of the only bad experience I've had thus far. Yeah. And that was like 10 years ago. So. <laughs> but um yeah we deal with so many comments just being like nepotism rules you know nepotism is a real thing these kids are only getting the attention and these opportunities because of their dad and blah 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 and so you know we get a lot of that yeah of course we do yeah. but we don't read the comments anymore yeah it's it's kind of i feel like we have reached a critical mass almost these last uh couple of years where it's like there are so many comments to the point where it's like there's no even point in reading them i know um obviously i don't get comments made about me but i can't imagine if they were about me but um, yeah and it's so, especially if they're about your physical a lot of them are physical so they're ripping you apart when you're like no this is this is a picture that's just going along with my song not a song going along with a picture and so it's kind of mm-hmm. it's I don't know. It's it's weird. I don't read the comments anymore. <laughs> I just don't. <laughs> well, I guess we'll get back to that in a second because we can switch gears to your writing. Yeah. Which is I'd, like the other half of your life, which is which is being a writer for. I can't even say television because literally can't even. I mean, what is I know. that? It's, it's it's like a new format of. <laughs> I mean, an app. Appavision? <laughs> I don't know. An app show. An app show. <laughs> no one, it's so funny. And anyone over the age of 18 truly does not understand. When I try to explain Snapchat show <laughs> to them, they just really don't get it. <laughs> they don't get it. Yeah. I mean, I didn't get it until I, I was, until I was briefed many times. I mm. really didn't get it. Yeah. Until we did it, actually. Until we filmed it. Yeah. Well, so you, you... You and Emily, mm-hmm. your previously mentioned friend, wrote uh, an app show, I guess we'll call it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, f- called Literally Can't Even for Snapchat, yeah. and it's to be showed in like four-minute mm-hmm. increments, essentially, and it disappears, is that correct? Yeah, after 24 hours. Yeah. I mean, well, so what was that like, writing something that vanishes? Well, you know, <laughs> it was a blessing and a curse. I would say it was, um, it was great 
writing them because and filming them because we actually felt like we could be pretty spontaneous and we didn't wear makeup for any for any shoot because like why even bother it's gonna disappear in 24 hours <laughs> it's fine no one's gonna screw nothing i was gonna like look carefully um and all the comments were like ha 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 emily has acne like crazy lol love these girls being so real and everyone liked it i mean everyone liked that we didn't do anything to our faces <laughs> and then um we kind of wrote the episode's I I did not like that they went away after 24 hours because so many people missed them, of my friends, at least. Mm-hmm. And we did work so hard on the episodes, and the, the shooting days are really intense because you have to get so much coverage because the format is in, like, three to four. It's a comic book strip. Yeah. And it's in three to four, so it's... It's sectioned off, so it's, it's like, simultaneous cameras. Exactly. Yeah. And so we had to get so much coverage, so we had to do so many takes... And the shooting days were so long for, you know, it's only three and a half minutes. Yeah. And so we'd put all this work into it and we'd be so proud of it. And then we'd be so sad when it disappeared and we knew it was never going to come back Mm -hmm. and no one was going to see it. Yeah. So. Well, in, in discuss, in building this and with Snapchat, I mean, as discussing it, because it's strange in this, in this age where you know, with the internet, things last a lifetime and you're, you're creating something for this forward thinking app, you know, Snapchat is a part of that kind of movement of, of, of the forward thinking generation. Yeah. And then it's this kind of, it's old school in the way that it, once it's happened, it's gone. If you don't, if you don't tape it, it's gone. That's such a weird it's kind of my my, to bring it back to art, I was um, in a figure drawing class and my teacher at the time, um, I, you know, we had a live model and they were like four hour classes and I sketched something that I really loved and he goes, okay, erase it. And I looked at him and I was like, no, 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 I'm going to go home and frame this and <laughs> give it to my parents. And he was like, no, that's the problem. Why are you attached to this? Just erase it. You're going to do another one. And then we'll be, you know, it's like a clean slate and it, it's, it's very, I mean, it's very evolved thinking and, um, I was so, I was crying. I was like, I really don't want to erase this. I love it. And it was just such a weird, um, such a weird, like. Was it a lesson? Did you? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I can't believe it came back, you know, in the form of Snapchat. (laughs) Yeah, it was a lesson because you can't really, it becomes precious once it's out there and, and it's on the internet. And when something's on the internet, yeah, it has this sort of... In perpetuity thing. You can, yeah, it's not going anywhere. <laughs> Which is why you have to really think about the photos you put onto the... I'll, I'll, like, I put on, like, I put up a kind of sexy photo of me the other day on Instagram, and I thought to myself, this is going to be on Instagram till I'm, you know, dead. This is going to be out there till I'm dead. And... That's scary. It's like a tattoo. Yeah. It's like uh, it's like a tattoo. It's like getting a tattoo. And <laughs> it just it's you know even if you delete it, did you really? It's not. It's still out there. I don't know. So, I, I think in our generation, everything is very permanent. So there's kind of it's kind of nice to have this sort of ephemeral side of things, and it's mm. sort of nice to have this fleeting art for art form mm-hmm. because you because if it goes away it makes yeah it makes it less precious i guess or it doesn't make it more precious it may well it's kind of like that that thing in live theater where it's it's only happening in that one moment and then it's gone exactly and you, you know if you get to experience it 
great. Then you get to take that memory with you. I know. And if you don't, sucks you to be you. <laughs> you missed it. I yeah. know. And so when you say that a lot of your friends missed it, it, would you say it's because we're a part of this thing? Oh, I'll watch it later. Or I'll catch it on YouTube Absolutely. or whatnot. It's just kind of delayed like, oh, I'll do, yeah, I'll do it later. It's kind of like the doing the dishes mentality where it's like, <laughs> yeah, mom and dad, I'll do it tomorrow. And then you never do it and they end up doing them and then they resent you for it. Um, <laughs> but it's, yeah, it's this, dishwa- it's this dishwasher <laughs> mentality, I guess. It's sort of like very odd. Um, but it is... It's, it's, it sucks because everyone is, I mean, the amount of headlines that I read and I don't actually read the article, but I'm, you know, I'm like, oh my God, that's a great headline. And yet I'm still not clicking on it and reading anything. I'm just accepting that it's a beautifully written headline headline that gets the point across. And then I'm off to the next subject. And so I, it's again, the shuffle generation. I mean, we're all just, everything's so accessible and at our fingertips and you're either swiping right or swiping left, swiping up and down for Instagram, clicking, you're liking, and you're just, it, everything is so immediate and some of these actions can't be undone. And it's really, I mean, it's really scary because I think the statistics are that people, if something's longer than like a minute and 30 seconds, people to not like they won't click on it or yeah, they, won't they watch click it out. or they like I don't have time for this yeah, yeah they see something that's 10 minutes on YouTube they're like no <laughs> no 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 um, and if they see something that's like 3 minutes you know that that's why we actually had to make our episodes 3 minutes for the next yeah. season cuz 4 was actually too long okay so you are doing another season of well uh, Mm-hmm. No, <laughs> not as of yet. We have a season written, um, but not not yet. We're not doing it yet. Okay. Yeah. To be announced. To be announced, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> gotcha. Um, so, going back to comments and mm-hmm. what you were saying, I mean, when the show came out, um, there like it seemed like critics couldn't stand it. Oh, my God. And Literally then, can't even... Literally can't yeah. even was the <laughs> response of yeah, the critics. Yeah, literally can't even. And then, but the people who seem to, like it's designed for, yeah. you know, our generation, we keep using this phrase, and it's actually a note that I have because you mentioned it in a in an interview. Um, we'll get back to that in yeah. a second. But um, our generation who it's written for seemed to really enjoy it. Exactly. And the comments on Twitter and, yeah, you know, the... Yeah, it got a lot of love. People yeah. really liked it. Um, the people who... It's so funny when you read those articles and you look at who wrote them and then you make it your life's goal to like, you're like, I'm going to look at all their photos on Facebook. I want to know where they were in 2008. So you still read some of the comments. Oh, I read the article. <laughs> I mean, I read the articles. I didn't read the comments to the article. I read the article and I, I actually, no, I'm sorry. I didn't read the article because Emily called me and it was for this website Gizmodo and it was like panned by critics like this is the worst show ever and blah 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 and emily was you know in tears kind of sorry emily um <laughs> and she was like did you read gizmodo and i knew and i i just said no and i'm not going to read it and she gave me a couple quotes that were priceless mm. and we <laughs> and then the next in our next episode or a couple episodes into the season we mentioned gizmodo and we, it was kind of like a ha-ha to them. But it seemed that they, yeah, it got really, the disparity in, in, in the reactions was really vast. Mm-hmm. Like, you've got the people who were 16 and 14 and whatever, they loved it. 
I think they can think in that format. And the people who were other writers were like, obviously, a Goldwyn and a Spielberg, that really throws people off. And yeah. I think that and people immediately want to tear us apart. That's mm-hmm. just a natural, like, oh, God, these girls only got this show because of this and because of that. And so they already hate it. They're going to hate it before they even watch it. Yeah. We thought. And then the people who kind of just, who aren't the writers of the articles, they just kind of just let it be what it was and they really enjoyed it. So, yeah. You know. Great. Well, good. Hopefully, good luck. I mean, thank you. Break a leg and, you know, hope you get season two. Thank you. And you get to build on that yeah. success of the people almost. It seems like the people are more in charge now than the critics, if you. It's true. In a weird way. It's true. Um, like the ratings don't lie yeah well i mean you did this first foray into a format that no one's done before yeah pioneers you you are you're pioneers um of a snap show of a app show app show show, snap show yeah um and i mean do they have any others or are you we were the only only scripted one yeah we were the only one um they had a they had um Another show where someone interviews, this girl interviews um, a bunch of other like celebrity musicians, actors on a bed full of stuffed animals. And so that's like an interview. But no, this was a scripted yeah. show. Yeah. Awesome. Um, but then there's also um, Girls Without Boys. Yes. For what? ABC. We sold it to ABC. Yeah. It did not go. Oh, okay. Yes, but it was our... That I was we, wondering what that face was. Like, I know. It was because it's like, it's our Mr. Holland's opus. It's <laughs> our pride and joy. Um, that was our favorite show. That's what really <clears throat> broke us in. That's how we kind of got into this world of writing. Was yeah. that show. Well, and I mean, what was it like being, you know, in your early 20s and selling a pilot to ABC? That's That was that's really huge. cool. That yeah. was really cool. That was really awesome. I had just graduated college, and so... And Emily and I were not expecting this to be anything more than a sample. Mm -hmm. Um, We wrote this show, and we started writing together, and we realized we had this voice. um, And we just worked so well together. And then... Was that the first thing you guys wrote together? Yeah, yeah. Wow. It was just a pilot. She had been an assistant on Up All Night, that TV show, and so she knew how to write a pilot. And I was a screenwriting major, so I knew how to write a movie, but... You know, mm-hmm. and we knew format kind of. We wrote this pilot and we worked so hard on it and we were just kind of shopping it around to people as to, to just get, you know, uh, represented. Mm-hmm. And someone got their hands on it who sent it to Rashida Jones and Will McCormick, who had their own um, production company at Warner Brothers and then they signed on to produce it mm-hmm. and then we got Caroline Williams who's this brilliant writer um to supervise or kind of be the showrunner and then we went in as a team and sold it to ABC and it was so exciting we went through the whole process like the notes process and we worked with ABC and it was just such a cool first job kind of yeah that's an incredible first job. yeah it was awesome it was really and that i mean that's in 2013 which Mm -hmm. is like two years ago it's yeah but it's it's current it's in this kind of age where it's getting just harder you know i know it's getting so hard i mean i know um you know in in doing the research i mean your dad and and george lucas are talking about it's hard for us to get movies into theaters it's like it's true it's crazy i know we're it's because everyone everything is can be published on the internet so everyone's like I want to do web series I want to do web series let's all do web series 
And then with music, it's like, ooh, I have this cool song. I'm just going to release it on SoundCloud. And everyone's just putting their music onto the internet or all their shows. And everyone's, and all these shows, some of them are so good. And some of them are so, and some of the music is so good. And I mean, it's really an exciting time for art, but it's also really daunting because back in the 70s or, you know, I was watching the Harry Nielsen documentary and it just sort of seemed like if you were talented, you just walked into a studio, <laughs> played a song or a label, and then they, they go, great, we'll sign you. And that's sort of it. But nowadays you have to sift through endless amounts of like SoundCloud links and hype machine links and... um weird now it's in through vines people mm -hmm. are getting signed to label through just like six second voice notes mm -hmm. and it's just really daunting time i think for mm -hmm. music and art and movies it's so hard to get anything made yeah um and you i mean you and emily are working on a, a feature script yes yeah and obviously that's a work in progress so you don't yeah. know where that's gonna go yet new no. but um we're working with these two writers on it and he, they were just kind of in the notes, the notes process. Gotcha. Which is okay. Quite well, something. so I guess we'll have to to wait and see I how know. that goes in terms of, you know, trying to sell a script. Yeah. Um, or make it yourself. I mean, that it is kind of the age where if you don't sell it, you could be like, well, we can make it ourselves. Obviously, for maybe less money, but yeah, of course, it's still totally possible because the platforms are so easy. Yeah. Uh, to or it's it's yeah. much more accessible through digital. Sadly, this movie requires like special effects and a big <laughs> college campus, and so it's, oh. <laughs> it's probably not going to be like Cloverfield. Uh -huh. or just, <laughs> we just make it like Cloverfield. Okay, That'd so. be awesome. <laughs> Cloverfield, it's a great movie. Yeah, great movie. Yeah. So with that in mind, I mean, your dad. I mean, in 2013, comments came out where he predicted a sort of implosion of the film industry, and now he's kind of backed up on. He said it's just possible. But, I mean... Oh, wait, I don't know this. You don't know this? No, what um, happened? It was at the opening of a new media center at USC, I think, or something. Oh, uh-huh. Those, and, you know, it, with all these big budget movies being made, eventually, you know, if two or three in a row fail, it could collapse the film industry and, and people will be playing 50 to, paying 50 to $100 for a ticket. It'll be like Broadway. It'll be a much more immersive experience. Um, and then like a film like Lincoln yeah. would, it would be like $7. Like there would be the separation of like yeah. huge budget and, okay. you know, artsy films will be cheaper and cool quote dad. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, so I guess it, it doesn't come up at all in terms of you're working on your own script for this film industry. That's kind of on the verge of collapse almost. Yeah. And, and you have, you know, this insight into it that a lot of people don't, I mean, but it, it seems like you. It's not even a thing on your mind. I kind of know it wasn't. But no, it is a thing on my mind only when we did Snapchat. When we realized that Snapchat, um, that was hitting the people. The people. I mean, that was that was hitting audiences. And we we're writing this feature. And we're mm -hmm. kind of like, well, oh, God. what? That's that's the thing that's working. And then this big budget movie <laughs> about you know, whatever. That I wonder if that's going to work. Why would anyone even go see a movie when you have three minutes? Uh -huh. Like, who has time anymore? I mean, I have. <laughs> I'm. I'm very nervous about everything uh -huh. in the film world. Yeah. Just, I think we're not in the golden age of cinema, and like we're not in the seventies, and we're not. It's just very different. Yeah. I mean, now Oculus, these Oculus, um, mm -hmm. the virtual reality. Yeah, and these movies that are going to be made. Um, I don't even know how to talk about it, but had these movies that are going to be made where you walk into theater and you're wearing these 
Oculus. Yeah. The Oculus glasses? Goggles? Yeah. I don't even know. Yeah. Well, so that's that's part of the, I think, prediction. Yeah. Um, you're paying 50 to, I mean... You're, 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 yeah, it's like 3D and, you know, it's very immersive and you, like, experience almost firsthand rather than just watching a screen. And so, like, that's kind of the direction we're heading with, like, Jurassic World making, you know, 1.5 billion... Insane. Oh, worldwide. Yeah. And, but so you're getting at... You you're, you worked on the Snapchat thing, and you see it's working, and then you're putting all this work into this feature script. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we're putting, like, a night's worth of work into five pages of a episode we're going to shoot the next day, mm-hmm. and then we're putting months of work into 120 pages, and the one, the five-page one wins, you know? Yeah. And so does that make you take a step back on this feature script? And no, like, we're kind of just like, I still, I'm pretty much in denial. And I'm kind <laughs> of like, we'll sell it. We'll go. We're well, gonna, I feel, like, gonna be I feel like that's kind of what you need is this. You have to be a little or... delusional. <laughs> I find that like delusional people are the happiest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you don't see anything wrong with anything. Ignorance is bliss. Yeah. Ignorance is so nice. <laughs> you yeah. do need ignorance. Yeah. It's, it's, I'm, I'm in, I'm half in denial, half kind of, haunted by this idea and I you know wakes me up in the middle of the night that oh this could not work out and this could not work out but this could work out and would I be happy doing this just you know yeah it's so it's I mean it's so funny because I was recently my little sister filmed me jumping off a boat and landing on a like trampoline air air god what are this blow up toy thing and then bouncing like, off it was just a video in water in one okay okay <laughs> yeah it was really funny i it was unexpected i didn't know i was gonna fall on that thing and then i fell off and it was kind of perfectly captured in six seconds she captured it on vine and um <laughs> recently this was a year ago and we thought it was the funniest video in the world and recently her boyfriend who's a viner his name's matt king he revined it I hate, I hate using these words. Like, revine yeah. and vine. And, um, <laughs> but he revined it. And then it got, like, four million loops. And then on my on my Instagram, all I see is, like, all my friends are commenting and being like, oh, my God, you're on Best Vines, which is an Instagram account, which has, like, <laughs> six million followers. So that was posted there. And then it just went, was posted everywhere on all these, like, Best Videos accounts. Blah, 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 and, like, it was, like, America's Funniest Home Videos. Mm-hmm. It felt like that. And it's just a very simple video of me jumping off a boat and landing on a blow-up toy and jumping, <laughs> being catapulted into the water. And it's really funny, um, very slapstick, but that's getting so much, attention. so much attention. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, please just listen to this one song. <laughs> I know you think it's funny that I'm like in a cute like red bikini and then I jump off a boat and then I go flying. It's hilarious, but... Where's the substance? Yeah. Well, is it maybe this this thing where um, the word that comes to mind is authenticity, and it's not that your music is inauthentic, and I actually think it's it's really it does have that unique quality. Like I feel like Thank music you. nowadays, there's there's only two. When I listen to something new, there's only two camps. It's either bullshit or authentic, yeah. and I'm not not to bullshit you. I honestly think Thank that your you. music falls into that authentic camp. Thank you. Um, and otherwise, I wouldn't have had you on. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been awkward. <laughs> so like, awkward. I love it. Um, no, so uh, I think is is that maybe what it is? Is that a Vine video is clearly authentic because it's like you can't manufacture that fall into the water, right? But that was, that was 
perfectly timed six seconds of just really broad comedy. Right. Yeah. And and that's why America's Funniest Home Videos was awesome and will probably be awesome forever. Yeah, of course. But your music, yeah. when, you, when you come to people and say, listen to my song, instantly they go, there's a possibility that this is inauthentic or there's a possibility that you manufactured uh, something. Is that maybe what it is? Some, maybe. I haven't really thought of it like that. I think it's more... Um, just that I feel like we're making music that doesn't really fall into the electronic world, which is really kind of prevalent these days. And then yeah. I find it doesn't really fall into the just kind of alternative folk or just Ed Sheeran world. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. It just doesn't really. We write really weird songs, yeah. I think. I, I, I love what we write, but they're definitely authentic, but they also feel experimental and... Um, but they're weirdly not experimental enough to be cool, but they're also <laughs> not um, broad enough to be like a radio hit. And so we're kind of on this seesaw where we're just, where like a Vine video, I mean, you can't really compare it to a Vine video, but yeah, like that video is like a Bruno Mars song, <laughs> but I don't want to have a Bruno Mars song. I want like a cool beach house, like Stevie Nicks. Meets Fiona Allegroes, so I want like the, I don't know, I don't know what I'm saying right now, but I just it's just I mean I'm comparing a vine to our music, but it's just what gets valid, people's reaction. That's a valid comparison though, because that's yeah. you know what the what the people want is is I, I I you know you'll meet a lot of people who say I don't care what anyone thinks, and that's kind of I I dumb oh, like I I, I think it's perfectly okay to admit I of course care what people think oh I definitely care you know if I make a movie I want them to enjoy it yes of course you know? because then you'll feel a little it's just you'll feel empty kind of if you you don't get the reaction you want and weirdly it translates it translates to Instagram where I have to actually I'm like should I post this and then I'm thinking about whether or not I should post something. I'm spending like five minutes being like, I don't know. And then I post it and then it doesn't get the likes that I, I expected it to get. And then I just have to take a step back and be like, oh my God, I need to move to outer space. This is insane. I can't be this person. But people care. I mean, you wouldn't, social media yeah. has made people, I mean, I wish I didn't care. Yeah. That'd be great if I didn't care about what people thought. But I do. Yeah. Because everyone, you know, if you love your, oh, you know, Theo and I love the songs we write, but if we send them to a label and the label's like, yeah, we need one more hit or one more this, it, the easier route is just, well, if they don't like it, then screw them. We don't care what they think. But of course you care what they think. It's yeah. a label that you're interested in. So you kind of have to tailor. Yeah, I don't know. It's well, so then, I, well, when you're talking about a label, though, I feel like money is more at play there than well, just yeah. liking it, you know? like. Is it profitable? I feel like is the yeah. question you ask when you send them something. And it doesn't mean that they don't like it. Uh, and Is it sellable? Is it sellable? And I think that, here comes this phrase again, our generation mm -hmm. is, we've kind of blurred that line between likes and profit and like, does Facebook likes equal money in the bank? And, yeah. you know, and I don't think we know the answer yet. And I think people think like, yes, 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 like yeah. mean profit, like mean profit. Um, and I know um, that number, I know that followers mean, it's literally starting to mean profit because people are again, they see, oh, you have a hundred thousand followers here. Will you play ad, you know, placement and, um, yeah. will you just put like the, you know, this EOS 
chapstick in the foreground or just, you know, it's all product placement. And so it, it does mean money. I hope that likes don't translate to pro. I mean, I hope that it doesn't become that. And like, I don't, I don't, it's all about followers. Too, yeah. Right? But I don't think it necessarily is like a direct translation of yeah. likes equal profit. I think yeah. it's just like, on social media, if, if a lot of people like one thing, yeah. then someone like at a label will be like, that's what people want. And therefore, in order to make us money, we need to trend towards those things that are hitting with people. Yeah. Thanks. You know. That's why TV is where the art artistic, that's where you can be artistic. Mm-hmm. Cable, Amazon, Netflix, HBO. I mean, that's where you can have Showtime. And like, you can have these... Um, miniseries and and you can have such beautifully written and acted in and dialogue heavy without explosions mm-hmm. art and that uh, that's why I think TV is really exciting right now um that's why Emily and I are always trying to write TV because we're like you know what that's where we can just take that's kind of your you can bank on so to speak you know within reason but you can depend on feeling happy while yeah. writing something yeah. And we're happy while writing. We love, luckily, we love broad comedy and we love mm-hmm. things that seem to, you know, do well in theaters um, that don't require like explosions, you know. I mean, I think Bridesmaids did well, right? So that's like kind of the, that's, I hope we just get back, to, you know, we love Clueless and Mean Girls and kind of like that stuff. Yeah. And it sounds like that's what, um, like, girls, like, boys without girls, girls without girls, girls without, without boys. boys. Yeah, <laughs> girls. Um, yeah, it's very well. That's kind of like yeah, Mean Girls meets weird, you know, Attack Revenge of the Nerds or whatever. Yeah, it's just about nerds. <laughs> um, but I know it's very, it's really scary. I don't know what world we're in right now. Yeah, I keep saying I want out of this generation. I keep saying <laughs> to my too. older sister, I'm like, I want out. Me too. Take me back. Yeah. If you could be in any decade, which would it be? Fifties, like Greece, like awesome i i feel like that's a it's just such a cool time where like mm-hmm. you have the you know things have not been discovered yet and like it's, Music i don't awful. know like like i watched american graffiti recently and they just you know you, you've seen it i'm sure like you just drive around in a car all night and like i know you go know, to drive-ins go to drive-ins and and, and try and hook up before the before you leave for college like that seems so exciting like a world in which you know pleasant film favorite movie yeah yes yeah but uh so so like the 50s 50s what about you 70s just for movies and music yeah and just the scene in the 70s i feel like too many drugs for me that that would be a lot of drugs yeah too too many drugs that would be like a crazy and just everyone just sleeping with everyone disco yeah but i think the oh god i love the 70s for fashion for Film for, for yeah, for yeah. music. But I'm listening to this. Um, do you listen to You Must Remember This, the podcast? No. Um, I'm listening to the Charles Manson one, mm-hmm. and it's about the Manson murders in, in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And it talks about Hollywood in the 60s, early 70s, and you know, or the early 60s leading up to the murders. And it's so interesting. It's kind of, it is a scary time, actually. Yeah. Everyone seems to just be so insane all the time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I, I like that time. I don't know. Cool. So you were talking about your music mm-hmm. and I think getting people to listen to your songs. I mean, so... so Comparing vines to music. Comparing vines to music <laughs> and whatnot. And, but uh, so you go on tour mm-hmm. with Ryan Adams. Um, I mean, how'd that, how'd that happen? Did... It was so fun. 
How did you get hooked up with he him? He found us on Twitter or something, or he found, he heard our music somewhere. Actually, I've never asked him how he found us, but he messaged us on Twitter. I was just like, I love your record so much. Like, mm. oh my God, this is, the people need to hear this. Like, what the hell? What's happening with it? What's happening? <laughs> Tell me guys, like, what do you want to do with it? Like, what do you, where do you want to go? Like, what do you want to do? And um, this is all through Twitter? This is crazy. That started with Twitter, yeah. And then we all started kind of like texting with him and he asked us if we wanted to go on like a, he's like, hey, do you guys want to play some shows with me? I love you guys. We love your music. Let's do this. Um, it's weird air. We're playing, you know, we're up to Vancouver and then back down. Uh, come. And <laughs> let's do it. And then we just said yes. Wow. Yeah. And so... At those shows, I mean, what uh, I think, I can't remember what we said previously that mm-hmm. led me to this, but what what kind of audiences were you seeing um, coming to you? Because obviously when you're an opening act, yeah. you know, you're going to get not, you know, people, some people come just to see him, obviously, you know, that's always yeah. just the case. But uh, what kind of people were coming in and like being into your music? And- it was usually, we found that it was a little tough on that tour because everyone, um, it was seated theater. It was seated theaters, so everyone was sitting, and our music, we really kind of draw energy from the cr- dancing crowd, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So we went on this tour with Milo Green right before, and that was just smaller, obviously smaller venues, um, but everyone was so pumped, and our music was not so dissimilar. I mean, we we kind of had similar vibes on stage and so everyone was just everyone was really young and so excited to be there and I feel like we played a lot of um underage clubs sort of not clubs but venues uh-huh. and so it was just like a lot of like 15 year olds out on school nights so everyone was, <laughs> I, I love playing to younger audiences because they're just so happy to be out yeah on a school night um <laughs> and so Ryan's audiences they were a little they were older kind of and we were also playing mind you we were playing like Victoria Canada mm-hmm. um and, and and that was you know this little island off of the, you know it's this it's like Disneyland and everyone there is kind of old. I think I was just there. I oh, think. did you yeah, take the ferry I, to, from? Well, no, because I was on a cruise and we stopped in Victoria. It, yeah, yeah, it's like Disneyland. It's, yeah. it's like the Grove. Well, like the isn't there City Hall lit like it's it's always like lit. it looks like Disneyland. It's yes. like it's like got Christmas lights on it. Exactly, <laughs> it's so beautiful there. But we you know so we we're playing venues. You know we were playing Billings, Montana. We were playing. Our best shows with Ryan were the outdoor theater ones, and that was uh, Missoula and um, Salt. Did we play Salt Lake City? Gosh, I'm freaking. I forget all the time. <laughs> I'm sure they blend together. They, they, you, know? We, you know, our best shows were ones that had a lot of young people mm-hmm. there, um, and I think young people love Ryan's music. But we were just playing areas where it was um, older audiences, and I think a lot of the audience members didn't really know what to do when we <laughs> came on because I'm. I'm very expressive on stage and I like to dance because I'm not playing an instrument and uh-huh. I'm focusing on, you know, my voice. Yeah, yeah. And so it's a really interesting experience, I think. Um, and Theo's kind of just doing his guitar thing and our, our keyboard player's jamming and the drummer's jamming and we're all having so much fun. And Ryan does the same thing, but Ryan also is so good at commanding an audience and kind of talking to everyone and making jokes on stage. And it, it's like a stand-up act with, really good music yeah those are the best oh he's yeah. he's so funny and he's so good live yeah so and he's sitting down for some of it and his songs you know some of them are so beautiful and just they require just guitar and vocals and that's it whereas our songs are very full band yeah so it was different but i mean 
I think the audiences liked us. The audiences really liked us when Ryan would introduce us. Huh. So when Ryan would go on stage and be like, guys, I love this band. They're like tears for fears if they were set in Avatar. <laughs> and so he would say these things and he'd kind of just give everyone a warning like, this music is weird. Um, enjoy. Yeah. And that would get us a really good reaction. And we'd go on and because they were prepared. Whereas I think when you think of an opener for Ryan, you're probably thinking more like rock band. And we're kind of, we have like R&B and we have some weird drum kits sometimes. And we get, and we, I mean, we have weird, um, sorry, drum pads. And then we have weird key set, keyboard sounds and it does feel like underwater tears for fears in Avatar yeah. land sometimes. And so I think once the audience is prepared for that, they are open to it and then they embrace it. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Do you know the band Guster? Yes. From a while ago? From so long ago? What do you mean a while ago? Like from when we were like 13, 14? I don't know. Yes. Wait. I, I listened I to Guster like when I was They're 13. still around. I feel like. Oh my God. Hold on. <laughs> what, what about Guster? No, they're just, I've, I, every time they come to LA, I see them. They're my favorite oh my band. God. And like, they are, because they, what I love about them is when they play live, they're so funny. I love that. Like they'll, they'll make the drummer sing a song and he can't sing that. for shit. So like it's see that's what Ryan does. He like hilarious. He like picks on the drummer and then he plays pranks on the keyboardist. And yeah, he's, yeah. He's they had really a they, funny. one day. He was like for their encore. They were like, we're gonna close the curtain mm-hmm. and when it opens up, we're gonna have Scooter out here with some puppies. And Scooter's like a stagehand. Mm-hmm. And they literally did that. Like oh like they close the curtain and it comes up and this stagehand is just like handling oh these God. puppies. Like, that's what we love to do. We love to be funny, but we only have 30 minutes to be funny. So we have to be funny in like 10 seconds <laughs> between songs because we have to get the songs like out. Like a snap show. But we also, it's like a snap show. <laughs> Everyone's swiping left. Yeah. What's, what's the no? What does no mean? Swipe left or swipe right? I'm the wrong person to ask. I don't, I've never that. done Tinder or anything. You you don't need to. You can skip I it. think it'd be so fun, though. <laughs> I think it'd be so fun to be on Tinder and just, like, see all the personalities and the conversations would be so funny. I My experience, I, I discovered this disorder that a lot of people have mm-hmm. that I call ZPD, which is Zero Personality Disorder. <laughs> and, yeah. It's funny. Uh, yeah. It's weird. Or I, maybe I'm just a magnet for that on Tinder. I don't know. It's a real thing. No, it happens. <laughs> oh, it happens. Yeah. I love that you love Guster. Why? Because that's... I, I only know, like, two songs, I think, from Guster. Uh-huh. But I, I... Would it be Amsterdam and, like, like Homecoming Randy. King? No, it's Oh, Randy. which ones? I'm curious. <sighs> God, I have to look at my thing. I'll, you can look at your thing. I'll look at my thing. I'm gonna look at my thing. There's one that's so good. Okay, well, I'm gonna look at my computer, and then I'll tell you. Yeah, text me later. Yeah. Now that you have I'll a number. You, your green iMessage number. <laughs> <laughs> Comes up green. <laughs> I don't affiliate myself. My next phone will be an iPhone. And it's just to shut all my friends up that are like, you need to get an iPhone. It's so funny. I saw that it was green. I was waiting for it to turn blue because I was like, oh, bad service. (laughs) Sorry. Then I was obviously like, oh, wrong number. It's definitely like an old guy with like a Nokia flip phone. My old phone is a Nokia. It's right over there in the corner. I want to go back to a flip phone. I hate. I hate everything. I hate social media. Said the girl who wrote a show for phone. I know. (laughs) It makes me want to just throw it off a building. Isn't that interesting? Those those two things, the like writing for a generation that you're just like, oh, I want to write something else. I know. I want to like lock myself up in a cabin in the woods and write this like really cool horror film or like crazy novel that's 
that's insane or write a play and just not go on my phone. And then half of me is just like, iced tea. I'm checking Instagram and like Facebook. And it's like, hi, mom and dad. What's for dinner? Let's do it. Like, it's just, you know, there's a part. I'm so split between yeah. two sides. I think we'll figure it out, though. I think we will, too. Eventually. Maybe I have in like faith 20 in, years. Great. I have faith in us. <laughs> I feel like our generation, no one's going to have kids. Everyone's just going to be on their phones and be like, oh, no, I'm 50. <laughs> like, I forgot to have kids. I'm in menopause. Yeah, they're like, no. That's what they didn't cover in Children of Men. <laughs> oh, it's so true. It's so true. That's... We're all just going to be like, oh, no. Oh, wait, I forgot to find a mate. Wait a minute. <laughs> Can we adopt still? Um, it's going to be crazy. That's awesome. Great movie idea. Yeah. Um, well, I think that's that's basically everything. I mean, just is there anything else that you want to plug or like anything you're working on that? Writing the next, we're in serious writing mode, demo yeah. mode. We're yeah. writing the songs. Any other shows that we should no, watch out for? Or? Maybe a show in February, but no, nothing yet. We're just writing like crazy. So mm. we'll hopefully be recording in January. Mm -hmm. And then um, that's kind of, yeah, that's kind of it. Just writing mode. Awesome. Yeah. Well, where uh, where would you like people to check and follow, like, Twitter? Or... Yeah, you can follow our <laughs> That's funny how we Facebook. talked about all this stuff. I know, I know. <laughs> I mean, you can follow me on my Instagram and Twitter and my name. It's just yeah. my name. Um, and then Wardell, we have Instagram, we have Twitter, um, Facebook. That's where you get all the real updates about music. Awesome. Do you, do you have any tours coming up or no. anything like that? No. Mm -mm, nothing. Okay. Cool. I'll let you know. Well, good luck with everything and Thank thanks for coming. Thank you so much and for having me. All that, now that's, all that's left is the sign-off. You ready for the sign off? And I just say psychic back radio. Watch out. And then watch out. Yeah, okay. that's it. And then it's, it's over. I don't say thank you for listening to psychic. psychic you can radio. if you want. Okay. It's. <laughs> thank you for listening to psychic back radio.